Anyone here ever go to like a football game, college, NFL, like just, or even just a sporting event in general? For some reason, I feel like it happens at football more though. It's the weirdest thing. You're at a football game. You're rooting for your team, right? We'll say you're at a Dolphins game because we're in Miami. I'm a Dolphins fan. They break your heart every year. Go Canes too. But we're talking NFL. So you're at a Dolphins game. You're cheering your team on. They're playing good. Cool stuff's happening. But there's fans from the other team there. There's some New York Jet fans. We don't like them, right? And you're just cheering them on, cheering the Dolphins on. And then suddenly you see like kind of this disturbance in the section next to you. And you see security coming over. And you realize that a couple of fans have gotten into a fight, right? Has anyone ever seen a fight at a football game, right? And then so security breaks them apart. And, but it's the weirdest thing because you look over, you're like, what are they fighting about? It must be a Jets fan and a Dolphins fan. And, and, and then you see they both have Dolphins jerseys on. And you're like... Wait, this is weird. What, what are they fighting over? They're, they're on the same team. They're rooting for the same guys. They want the same outcome. They should share the same burden for the Dolphins. And yet they're having a, a fist fight. You see that at a Dolphins game. You're like, that's really weird. Something about that doesn't make sense. But then what's really interesting is that often happens in Christianity too. You're both Christians. You're both on the same team. You both worship the same God. You both worship the same Jesus. You both, but then suddenly this thing starts to happen between lots of Christians and lots of churches. And there starts to be like fights over, over your faith and, and fights over different things in your faith and fights over certain doctrinal things and, and, and what we believe and why we believe what we believe. And, it, and it's the weirdest thing. And tonight we're going to be talking about this thing called, called spiritual gifts. And I don't know what it is about this topic of these gifts that the Holy Spirit, if you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit gives you a gift or gifts, and they're different. We're going to talk about it. But it's weird that in a lot of, a lot of churches and a lot of Christians fight over these things and argue over these things and have a lot of different beliefs over these things. There's some Christian, Christian groups, Christian areas that would say, if you don't exhibit this gift, you're not saved you're not a Christian. You don't do this. And then there's others that are like, I don't even know if the gifts exist anymore. And there's this whole spectrum that Christianity has over these things. And it's like watching two Dolphins fans fight at a Dolphins game. It's really weird. So I'm hoping to bring clarity to this topic tonight as we talk about it, because this is what happens, to be honest. It's verse one. It says, now about the gifts of the spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. I don't want you to be uninformed. Another translation would say, I don't want you to be ignorant. <laughs> All right? You guys know anyone who's ignorant? It's just like they just literally have no idea what's going on. They, they talk about a topic that they know nothing about. You ever meet someone like that? And they'll, they'll seriously act like they are the genius on this, that they know everything about this. And you're like, dude, you can't sit and lecture me on that. You, you've never even watched that show or seen that movie or watched that team or played that game, but like they act like they know everything. Like they're very ignorant, right? So this is a topic, spiritual gifts, that so many Christians are ignorant or uninformed about. And Paul is saying as Christians, we shouldn't be uninformed. We shouldn't be ignorant of one, the fact that spiritual gifts exist you know, as I sit here and tell you, hey, if you're a Christian, there's gifts you have from the Holy Spirit, and this is the first time you're hearing it. Like, I'm glad you're hearing it now in middle school, but Paul's saying as Christians, 
this shouldn't be something we know nothing about. Like, we should know they exist. But then also, we should know their purpose. Because the reality is, Satan would love nothing more than for you to not know about these gifts. And then he would love nothing more than for you to not use these gifts. Because these are gifts, literally, that God has given us. So Satan, since you're already a Christian, you're already saved, he can't take your soul, but he can try to stop you doing kingdom work here on earth. So Paul's like, I don't want you to be uninformed about these things called spiritual gifts. He continues, verse 2, you know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. He's like, hey, you used to worship other gods, and like they were fake. They weren't real. They were mute. They couldn't talk to you. But now, verse 3, therefore I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. He's saying the Holy Spirit works through us. The Holy Spirit talks to us. God has a relationship with us. He talks to us, unlike these fake gods. Verse 4, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Verse 7. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. First thing I want you guys to, to write down if you're taking notes. Our gifts aren't for us. They are to bring him glory and build up the church. Our gifts aren't for us. God has given us these amazing gifts, but the reality is these gifts aren't for us to create a platform for ourselves. These gifts aren't for us to, to, to be able to start posting videos on YouTube, to go, look how talented I am, look how amazing I am, look how incredible I am. We're going to talk about it in a little bit. Yes, these gifts are good for us. These gifts draw us closer to God. These gifts do an incredible work in our life. But in the end, the purpose of these gifts that we're going to talk about is to point people to Jesus. The purpose of these gifts is to point people to God, to glorify him, to put him up on a pedestal, to show people that he's on the throne, and to help build up this church. Not Calvary, but to build up his church, the body of Christ, which we're going to talk about in a second too. Our gifts will always focus people's hearts on Jesus, not on us. I, I hope, I pray, like, when you guys are here, you see people in their giftings, and you'll, you'll hear what these gifts are, that you are drawn to Jesus and not that person. I, I would, like, I would hope, I would pray that these gifts draw you to him, help you fall in love with him, and help you to appreciate him as well. Right? They draw you to Jesus. They help you just fall in love with him. When you see these gifts, like there's this incredible thing that happens. You say, man, you gave this to me. This is beautiful. This is awesome. And they help you appreciate him too. I think we have that on a slide so you guys can write that down. But they draw you to him, help you fall in love with him. They help you appreciate him. And we're going to see here in a second, we're going to see a lot of gifts. I want you guys to know this isn't a comprehensive list. There's other gifts. I'm going to talk about just the ones in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, there's other ones, though. This is not an exhaustive list. This is just the ones we see here. Um, but what you're going to see in the fact that there's a lot of gifts, but we're one body, which we'll talk about, but that there's literally diversity in unity. Every gift is different, just like every one of you is different. Everyone has different gifts. No one has all the gifts. 
and we don't have the same gifts as each other, even though there will be someone who has the same gift as you. But there's this beautiful diversity in the body of Christ that should, with these gifts, bring us to unity. And we're going to see that God is super diverse in these things, but talking about unity, he deals with each of us individually, which is a beautiful thing. He gave you your gift for you, which is incredible. It's amazing. So you guys want to talk about these gifts, right? Yeah? No? Okay. Cool. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. Verse 8. I'm just going to read through them one by one. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. I didn't put all these on the slides because I don't want you guys to, I, I just didn't want them to have to click over and over and over. But the first one, wisdom. A word of wisdom. A message of wisdom. Wisdom from above. Not just someone who's like normally wise here on earth, but like wisdom from above. Wisdom is a spiritual gift. It gives you God's perspective on a situation. One of the most interesting stories in the Bible is there's this king named Solomon. And these two ladies come up to him and they're arguing over a baby. One lady is like, this is my baby. And the other lady is like, no, her baby Uh, She stole my baby from me. That's my baby. And they're arguing back and forth. So Solomon, who literally is known as the wisest man in Scripture, he, he, he steps back from the situation, and he's given this gift in this moment, this gift of wisdom to see God's perspective on the situation. So he comes up with this incredible solution. Cut the baby in half. This is biblical. It's a true story. It says, cut the baby in half. You can each have part of them. The one lady who said that it's her baby says, okay, sounds good. The other lady who says the baby was stolen from her goes, no, 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 don't do that. Just give the baby to her. So Solomon, with this word of wisdom, this gift of wisdom, goes, oh, the baby belongs to her, the one who wanted to keep the baby alive. That's wisdom. It helps you to step back and get God's perspective on a situation. It's so natural. Sometimes you won't even realize the gift like manifested itself in the, in the moment. You might not even realize that you exercise the spiritual gift. But what will happen is you're in a situation, you're in a moment, you're in a place. And just this, that out of nowhere, and it's just like, whoa, this is how God sees this. And he helps you work through that issue. It's very similar to the next gift, though. It says... Uh, to a message of wisdom, to another, a message of knowledge by means of the same spirit. This word knowledge, so wisdom helps you see things from God's perspective. Knowledge is information given supernaturally from God. I picture it like this. God like pulls back the veil and reveals the truth that needs to be exposed. So it doesn't always necessarily make sense, but it's like you, you see something, learn something, know something that you didn't learn any other way. It's kind of one of those moments where you're just like, I just have a feeling. Like, don't go to that party tonight. I just have a feeling something good's gonna, or something bad's going to happen. And then sure enough, right, a car drives into that house and someone gets injured, right? And you're like, that, that's knowledge. Like, that's supernatural information that God gave you in that moment. And it's for healing. It's for protection. It's for restoration. I feel like a lot of times it's like those I told you so situations. 
I, I, I can't begin to explain it, but there's times where I've had conversations with students. Maybe it's like they're in a relationship with someone. I'm like, I can't, I, I don't know why I feel this way, but that person's not good for you, and you're going to regret it if you don't break up with them. And then it's like three months later, and now there's this whole crazy situation taking place, and I'm just like, I, I don't know where that knowledge came from, came from God, but now it's like, I told you so. I told you that was going to happen. Like, I'm not reveling in it, but God gives you just like, I don't know if you guys have ever had one of those moments. Paul, in the book of Acts, he was getting taken to this island on a, on a ship, and he was like, guys, don't go out. I got a bad feeling about this. Star Wars, any Star Wars fans? They say it in like every movie, I got a bad feeling about this. I, and then sure enough, a storm comes and they get shipwrecked. Right? That's knowledge. That's given only by God. So those ones are a little confusing, but then the next one, verse 9, to another faith by the same spirit. Faith. Do you guys know faith is a spiritual gift? Not just knowing God, not just having faith in Jesus, but this is like, this is like trusting God against all odds. This is Peter stepping out of the boat and walking on water. Like that's faith. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation that just seemed like absolutely impossible, like there was no way out, there was no way it was going to come through, like, but for some reason in the midst of that, you trusted God. Anyone ever have like a moment like that? That's a gift. That's a gift of faith. That's a gift the Holy Spirit literally gives you. I'll tell you a few years ago, and even actually now, because we're in the same kind of situation again, but my wife, she worked here full time. She was the youth worship leader. And she just felt like God was calling her to leave her job. We didn't know what for. We didn't know what to. It made no sense. And if she left her job, we wouldn't have enough money to live. <laughs> like, it made no sense. But we just, for some reason, were like, God's calling her to leave her job, and we trust him. So she started working here again. It was like two or three years after she stopped working. And we were actually in a better financial situation when she came back to work me being the only source of income than we were before she left when we both were working full time. We just had this, I, I can't explain it, and I'm not sitting here saying I'm the most faithful person, I trust God so much, all, I, I can't explain it, but for some reason I just had faith that he would provide, and he did, and I still can't explain it because the math doesn't make sense. But like that's what faith is, it's trusting God against all odds. That's a gift. To another, verse 9, says, gifts of healing by that one spirit. Anyone here ever experienced a healing? Someone being healed? Someone being prayed over and healed? Anyone here ever get like a cut and a scab and gets healed up? That's healing. It's not, it's not the same, but it's still cool, right? Healing is like, it's once again, like it, it's just this crazy, incredible thing that Sometimes we read these gifts and we feel like they don't exist anymore. And this is one of them. And I can tell just recently, like literally like a month ago, maybe less, my wife and I, my, my wife and I, my wife had the worst, like literally probably the worst migraine I've ever seen her have. And I've known her over 10 years now. And I've never seen her in this kind of pain. And at one point I'm just like, all right, babe, like, do, do we just go to the ER? Like, you just want, and in my head, I'm like, please say no, I don't have $1,000 to spend. But, <laughs> like, do you just want, she's like, yes, yes, I just want to, and so no one wants to go to the hospital, right? But we wait, she's like, just wait, just wait a second, wait a second. 
and I'm just praying for her, I'm praying for her, and it literally, I get tired, I, I literally get tired of praying, like, I'm like, this isn't working, <laughs> like, this failed, what's next, let's go to the ER, but at one point, she just turns to me, and, and her parents are actually in town, they're sitting in our family room, we're in our room, parents are visiting from Colorado, she's like, can you just pray one more time, and so I just, like, I take all the faith I can muster, and I just, not, I didn't take all the faith I could catch up, just all the faith I could muster, and... And, and I just started to pray for her. And I, I'm going to be honest, I don't have a lot of these gifts, but this is a way, truly, I've seen God work through me. Like, I, I've experienced, like, multiple healing situations that just, they blow my mind. It's insane. This is a gift I've gotten to experience a few times, and it, it, it's just the most incredible thing in the world to me. And so I'm praying for her, I'm praying for her, I'm praying for her. And, and she's, just, I mean, she's been moaning, she's been crying, she's like, she can't move. And I say amen, and she just sits up. She grabs her drink. She starts drinking. And I'm just, like, kind of joking. I'm like, do you feel better? Like, <laughs> she's like, yeah. I'm like, are you serious? She's like, yeah, I feel better. I'm like, you're not, you're not messing around, like, at work? <laughs> like, like, I'm in shock. Like, we're getting ready to go to the ER. Like, we're getting ready to spend, like, $1,000. Like, <laughs> And I, I, I leave the room for a second because she asks for, like, some food or something. And, and I go to her dad. I'm like, I, I think she, like, I'm dumbfounded. I'm like, I think she was healed. He's like, huh? I'm like, yeah, like, we just prayed and she feels better. He's like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah. And, like, like, no joke. Like, in that moment, like, she was healed. Now, it doesn't always happen like that. It doesn't always take place like that. But it's like, it still exists. It still happens. Like, God still heals people today. And it's a gift. One time we used to do summer camp before YE, and there was this girl on the worship team who was so sick. And, and she had, she, there was no way she was going to go on stage. And me and Pastor Darren, who was the middle school pastor at the time, we prayed over her. And literally five minutes later, we watched her walk up on stage. She just feels better. I told you guys about the time in Mexico. I wasn't a part of this one. I watched it. But two seventh graders and two ninth graders prayed with a guy to receive Christ. And when he prayed that prayer to ask Jesus into his heart, he was blind in his left eye and he received sight. Like these miracles, like I, I he saw that with his own eye. <laughs> I saw that with my own eyes take place. Like, tr like this stuff is real. I'm not standing up here like making this up. Like this stuff still happens. Gifts of healing are real. And gifts of healing are real because the next gift, verse 10, to another miraculous powers gifts of healing are real acts of healing are real because miracles still happen miracles still exist today it was a miracle that my wife and i were in a better financial situation after she left her job that's a miracle i can't explain it it doesn't make sense a miracle is, is thing is acts of power it's when the holy spirit overrides laws of nature in the bible when jesus turns water into wine that's a miracle there's no explanation for it. When God splits the Red Sea so Moses and Israel can walk through it, that's a miracle. And that stuff still takes place. That Mexico story, that's healing, but that's also a miracle. That stuff still happens. One of our volunteers, they serve on Sundays. And our volunteer group chat, they literally, this is healing and a miracle, but they texted our group yesterday or the day before and just like, please pray, like, so-and-so's brother is on a ventilator. They're going to pull him off, and they're going to let him pass away. 
and then they text us the next day. It's a miracle. He's off the ventilator. The doctors don't know how to explain it. They don't know what happened, but he's doing good now. And we're just like, huh? Like, that's a miracle. That stuff still happens today, and that's a gift God's given to the believer that he will do through you. It still happens. It still exists. This is still real. And he says in verse 10, to another prophecy. Prophecy is one of those really confusing ones because people think it's like fortune telling. I see for you a, a really good looking wife one day. Boys in the room are like, yeah. You're going to have lots of kids. You're going to have money. Like they think prophecy is like telling the future, which is part of it, but that's a very rare part of prophecy. Actual biblical prophecy is literally a message from God. And it's even simpler. It's speaking the word of God. If, if, if a verse pops in your head when you're talking to someone and you feel that's prophecy, that's sharing God's word, that's a message from God to that person. That's all prophecy is. I think we often think of prophecy like, I'm getting a warm feeling. Someone in this room. Oh, 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 oh. One of you in here was sick this week. Who was that? Ah, my gift of prophecy. Wow. And you're feeling better. You've been healed. I just sensed it. And you're here, so I hope you're not still sick. Right? Like, like, that's what we think of when we think prophecy. We think it's literally a message from God. It's speaking God's word. It's speaking his truth. And prophecy, listen, it's to edify, to encourage, and to comfort others. That's the purpose of it. If it doesn't do those things, it's not prophecy. To edify, to encourage, and to comfort. And then there's one that says, the next one, to another, distinguishing between spirits. That sounds creepy, right? What is this? Is it of God or is it demonic? Is it true doctrine or is it false doctrine? You see, guys, Satan is the ultimate counterfeit. And there's so many churches all around the America, all around the world, that bend the truth, that twist scripture a just a little bit. It sounds truthful, but they twist it just enough to where Satan in the garden with Adam and Eve, and he's like, did God really say that? You know, and he's twisting the word when he's tempting Jesus in the wilderness. And it gives you the discernment. I don't know if you ever had a feeling when someone's sharing like something Christian with you, something spiritual with you, and you're just like, I don't, that doesn't feel right. I don't, that's discerning between spirits. That's God that's giving you a gift to say that's not true. That's not real. Don't believe that. If it gives you an icky feeling, it's probably not real. It's probably demonic. It's probably bad. That's a gift. That's a gift from God, from the spirit. And then the last one, the most controversial of them all, it's not the last one, there's actually more, but it says, and still, uh, sorry, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another, the interpretation of tongues. Tongues! I don't know why I yelled that. That was weird. <laughs> For some reason, this one people get really hung up on. There's people who believe if you don't speak in tongues, you're not saved. Because on the day of Pentecost, a lot of people did speak in tongues. But it's funny. Later on, Paul's going to mention tongues again. And it's actually last in a list of things in the order of them. Like He's like, it's really not that important. Why? Because tongue is actually, for the most part, 90% of the time, it's for you individually to speak to God in a heavenly language or in a language you don't know. I've heard stories of people who just start like speaking French. 
I'm like, you speak French? <laughs> no, they don't speak French. Like, it's, it's a gift that God gives them to communicate. It's for your personal time with God. So a lot of times you go and you see these churches on YouTube or on TV or whatever, and the person's up on stage. You're like, what are they saying? They're like, they're saying he should have bought a Honda, but he bought a Kia. Um, and you're like, what is going on? Like, listen, Paul, and it's in 1 Corinthians 14, so we'll go into it more in a couple weeks. But like tongues corporately is rare. And God says there needs to be someone to interpret it. So if someone in a corporate setting just starts speaking out in tongues and there's no interpretation, that's not from God. Right? But if you're privately speaking to him in tongues, that's a way to increase your intimacy with him, speaking in a different language to him. But tongues is a more private gift than a public gift, and somehow that's gotten skewed. And that's something we have to be careful with. And then there's a few more. i got to hustle through these because I'm running out of time. There's just so much to it. Verse 27, we're going to skip ahead and then we're going to go backwards. Now, you are the body of Christ. Each one of you is a part of it. God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Um, are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? So he goes through a couple more. I'm going to go through these fast. He says apostles. It means literally to be sent out. The 12 disciples were apostles. We don't see them like that today in the church, but there's an apostle type of service that you as a Christian can have. Think of it as like a missionary or a church planter. You're sent out to do the work of the Lord. He talks about not just apostles, but he talks about teachers teaching God's word, rightly dividing, not preaching. Preaching is trying to get people to repentance, preaching the gospel. You want to preach the word at all times so people come to know Jesus, but you want to teach. What I'm doing right now is teaching. I'm teaching you God's word. I'm, I'm breaking it down. I'm teaching you what the Bible says. It's for the believer helping. It's deacons in the church. It's servants. It's people who are like behind the scenes. A lot of times it's your small group leaders who are helping you. It's, imagine if we didn't have janitors here. The amount of times I go into that boy's bathroom and there's pee and poop all over that toilet. I'm thankful there's people who have the gift of helping, of serving, right? Uh, it mentions uh, guidance. It's like administration. It's like putting things in order. It's organizing things. It's a gift. It's a gift from the Lord. And then it says this, verse 12. I'm going to read through this really fast. But it says, just as a body... Uh, Sorry, I'm going to go to verse 11, actually. All these are the work of one in the same spirit, and he distributes them each to one just as he determines. Verse 12, just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being a part of the body. If the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. The head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On contrary to those, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. The parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. 
The parts that are unrepresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. What are we seeing? We're seeing how important every part of this is. Because some of you guys read these, heard these, listened to these, and you're like, oh, I don't have that gift. That gift sounds cool, and I want that one, but I have this one, and this one doesn't seem that important. And Paul right here is saying every part is important. Because what's the body without a foot? Right? If you're missing a foot, you're not full. You're not whole. If you're missing a hand, that might not seem like, but those are the visible things. What if your liver's bad? If your heart goes missing, you're dead. If your brain's gone, you're dead. Like, like there's parts you don't think about that don't seem as important because you don't see them. But Paul's saying every part of the body is important and it's equal. And then he's even saying, and, and it's good that it's different. Because imagine, imagine this. Imagine if we all had the same gift and we weren't different. Imagine if we were all teachers. I'd be up here right now telling you guys stuff, then you'd be telling me stuff. We'd all be teaching and no one would be listening. It'd be chaos. Imagine if instead of two feet and two hands and, and, and ten fingers and ten toes, you just had ten feet on each foot and, ten, and, and two feet on each arm. And you didn't have ears, you had feet. You didn't have a nose, you had feet. You didn't have a mouth, you had feet. Like, that would be pretty useless. We need every part of the body, and we need it to be diverse, especially the parts we overlook. You know, so often... I get like the honor of, Sean, you're doing such an amazing job in 678 because I'm up here speaking. But it's like your small group leaders who are here week after week. This operation doesn't run without them. <laughs> right? The worship team gets so much credit. You guys are so talented the way you sing and, and the way you play. And it's like, then there's like Silas. And I honestly don't even remember who's in the booth with Silas right now. This is pathetic. Who's doing, who's doing, are you by yourself right now? No, there you go. Oh, Josh, Josh De Silva. Like, like so overlooked. But the reality is if he's not back there doing sound and Josh isn't doing lyrics, you guys don't know the words to the song. The band doesn't sound good, but they're not visible. The, every part is important, especially the, the helpers, especially, you guys don't know this, but there's someone right now behind the scenes just praying for you guys. You have no idea. There's someone literally praying right now for services. You have no idea. It's so important. It's just like our organs. We don't notice them unless there's something wrong. You guys don't notice Silas or Josh back there unless like a slide doesn't change, unless something sounds bad. Right? Their job's to be behind the scenes, and they do a good job so they don't get noticed. If our body wasn't different, it wouldn't work. And here's the thing. Verse 18 says, he put us just as he wanted them to be. He gave you that gift. Worship team, you guys can come up. He, he gave you that gift. He wanted you to have that gift. And he wants you to use that gift. Whatever gift you have, I think we have a slide for that. Come on, Josh. He gave you that gift. <laughs> He wanted you to have that gift, and he wants you to use that gift. Whatever gift you have, it's the best gift you could have. Verse 31 says, Now eagerly desire the greater gifts, and yet I will show you the most excellent way. So some of you in here today, you're a Christian, and if you're a Christian, you should have spiritual gifts. That's how it works. 
And, and if you haven't seen them, you haven't exercised them, you haven't experienced them, if you haven't seen your gifts, just ask. Ask. It's, it's good to desire them. You should desire these gifts. Our Father is a good giver of gifts. We weren't made to stand by and watch as Christians. We weren't made to what we see in the world today when a fight breaks out or, or whatever it is is happening. People are looting Walmart. We weren't made to stand there with our phones and videotaping it. We're not meant to be standby people. We're meant to be in there. We're meant to, to be a part of it, not stealing stuff, but maybe stopping it. Not videoing the fight, but stopping the fight, bringing good to the world. Christianity is not about sitting back and watching the world burn. It's stepping in and trying to make it a better place, doing what God has called you to do with the gifts that he has given you. And he says, we should desire the greater gifts. You want to know what the best gift is? Besides the gospel that God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for us, that's the greatest gift ever. But we receive spiritual gifts when we receive the greatest gift ever, the gospel. But the best spiritual gift is whatever is needed in that moment to elevate Christ. The best gift is whatever is needed to elevate Christ in that moment. I've experienced the gift of healing, but I can't say I've healed someone every time, but when I have, it's elevated Christ. He wanted to be elevated in that way, using me. I'm not the wisest person in the world, but there's been moments where he's given me like a word of wisdom and he's elevated in that moment. I give glory to God in that moment. When those two seventh graders and those two ninth graders prayed with that man to receive Christ and he received sight in his eye in that moment, God was glorified. This is what God does. He gives us these gifts. So here's what I want to do. I'm going to ask all of you to stand. We're going to close in, in worship. And I, I'm going to ask that you worship your head off. But I want to pray over you. And I'm just going to say this. It, if you're in here tonight and you're a Christian and, and you haven't experienced these gifts of the Spirit, these, these spiritual gifts, these gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us to use and, and you're right now, I told you to ask, I'm just going to pray for you. But I'm going to ask, if you're in here and, and you say, I want to receive these gifts, I want these gifts to work in me. First, um, when you guys go to groups, your leader's going to have a QR code. If you want to scan that, you can click a link to take a spiritual gifts test see some of the gifts that you have, how you operate, how you work. So they'll have that. You guys can scan that on your phone. Your parents will get a paper with that link on it too. But right now, I just want to be able to pray for you. So if that's you, I'm going to ask everyone to close their eyes. And if you're in here and you say, just, I, I want those gifts. I desire those gifts. God, I'd love to see those gifts. I'm just going to ask that you hold your hands out in front of you. You can keep your eyes closed. It doesn't matter who you, but if you're here and you just want to receive that from the Lord tonight, I'm just going to pray for you.